Kiora. It's Friday, 11th of October, 2019, and welcome to the Week in Tax. I'm Terry Boucher, Taxpert and Director of Boucher Consulting Limited, a tax consultancy helping optimize tax for small businesses, individuals with overseas investments, and other professionals. This week, the OECD proposes the biggest changes to international tax since the 1920s. The government has a surplus and Inland Revenue plays Jekyll and Hyde. <coughs> this week, it, it, the OECD announced that a, a approach for what to give its formal title, the Secretariat Proposal for a Unified Approach under Pillar 1. This is intended, this is directed at international tax, and it is intended to address the issue which of is of growing concern about the effect of the digital economy on tax. And what the Pillar 1 unified approach represents is the attempt by the OECD to bring together three proposals for consideration by 134 countries who are within the inclusive framework addressing this issue of tax challenges of the digitalization um, of the economy project. And what it's the first proposal here is to talk about um, allocating a greater share of taxing rights to the countries where the consumers are located, regardless of a business's actual presence there. Now this is the, the key conundrum that tax authorities have been facing in that under the present tax um, legislation and international agreements, the right to tax profits is really physically dependent, is dependent on what physical presence the overseas entity has within New Zealand, largely within the country. So largely, largely driven by that. And the advent of the digital economy has overturned those uh, old rules and made them increasingly obsolete. Um, and what that has prompted in turn, as countries grapple with this, is the advent of digital services taxes, which are basically unilateral approaches by many jurisdictions uh, to say, well, we are missing out on the tax take here. Um, of the digital sales that are happening in our country but aren't actually being uh, performed by a business physically located in our country. And so as a result, the OECD is trying to pull together um, some order in this matter and uh, adopt as a thing it proposes a unified approach. Um, <coughs> so this is um, quite revolutionary. And it's the first step. There are three other parts to the proposals, um, which are tied in with what um, what's called global anti-base eroding rules. And one of these is that these global base anti-base eroding rules are intended to ensure minimal levels minimum levels of effective tax are paid on all income. And so that's a big step forward too. So. <coughs> At the moment, this is just the first stage. It's, there are simply proposals uh, that have been issued by the OECD. And what will happen is that up until 12th of November 2019, 
submissions can be made um, uh, on these proposals. There'll then be a formal consultation in public meeting in Paris on the 21st and 22nd of November 2019. And the idea is that once the OEC is trying to get a political agreement amongst the members of the inclusive framework, that's the 134 countries, um, in January 2020, so that then technical work on the mechanics of the whole operations can start to take place during next year. It's a huge step forward. It would revolutionise um, international tax. Um, <clears throat> and it would also take away particularly um, the potential for unilateral tax grabs are in, in the form of digital services tax. So this is the great concern about digital services tax that um, multinationals and tax professionals who work in that space have. They're rather arbitrary and they could lead to retaliatory um, measures which is why the tax community in, and the likes of multinationals such as Fonterra are encouraging government to proceed carefully on that. So it's a case of watch this space, but I'll keep you updated on uh, matters as they emerge. This week, the government announced its uh, released its financial statements for the year in 30 June 2019 and announced a significant surplus. Uh, the the top line number was 7.5 billion dollars, but that includes um, um, sort of accounting adjustments. And so the cash number, once you strip out those, is still a, a reasonably sizable 4 billion dollars. Um, that's partly down to um, increase in tax revenue, which was up to up $6.2 billion, or 7.8%. Um, part of that, uh, quite a chunk of that, represented a increase in the amount of corporate income tax payable as a result of the introduction of the Inland Revenue's <coughs> Simplified Tax and Re Revenue Technology System um, as of April 2019. Um, so what we will see on, on as a result will be lots of um, people saying, well, let me help you spend that surplus. And there will be calls for um, more investment in education, in housing, in transport, um, in the health sector. There will also be calls um, for changes to the tax system. They'll be called tax cuts, but in reality, what many the the tie, these will really be more adjustments, inflationary adjustments to the thresholds. Um, who knows <coughs> what will happen? We'll, all will be revealed in next May's budget. But there is something at the background which the government is pushing back on, which was also released this week, and that was the question of the interim, what to do and how to pay for superannuation. The interim retirement commissioner released a report suggesting um, a higher tax rate for the uh, wealthy over 65s. It's a means of sort of clawing back some of the cost of superannuation. <coughs> this is an idea that Susan St. John of the um, uh, Auckland University <coughs> has been promoting for some time. And it's a clever idea. It is, as I said to Radio New Zealand, uh, a sort of means testing without means testing. But the proposal is not ba is based upon the demographics, the changing demographics of New Zealand and the 
the rise in the cost of superannuation. We don't face the same problems as other countries as that, but there is no doubt that we will be paying more in superannu for superannuation in the future, and we will have fewer people to pay for that in the working population. The compensation for that is that sometimes now over 65, 65 is just an age, and over 65s are uh, still very active in the workforce. And that's where this measure comes into play in saying, well, yes, those who are still working, we can sort of claw back um, the tax uh, through a tax system, the uh, superannuation that they've been paid. And the, I the theory is that superannuation becomes formally what it is in reality, a universal grant. But it is, if you depending on how you tweak the tax rates, you uh, and thresholds, you will be clawed back. It'll be clawed back from those who are earning um, substantial amounts. It isn't as new, anywhere near as complicated as the superannuation surcharge that was applicable in the late 80s and early uh, early to mid 90s, which was both deeply unpopular and highly complex. But it will be a politically charged. Um, issue uh, inevitably because there will be some losers even though the suggestion is that the people who would be losing out are those earning substantially above the normal average wage and would be not it would not affect most uh, superannuitants and finally this week we had inland revenue doing its jekyll and hyde um, the first part it's dr jekyll it clamped down, it is talked about, um, it jailed five, five members of one family were sentenced last week after a multi-year tax evasion uh, investigation. One was sent to jail for more than two, two and a half years and three others served home detention services uh, sentences. And in total the five had to pay more than $2.2 million in reparations. And these were the owners of 20 Thai takeaway restaurants who basically just accumulated cash and weren't ringing through all the sales. It's a fairly, a fairly simple, possibly more common than we'd like to admit, um, tax evasion um, scheme would not be, would be actually giving it grandiose um, terms. But it's, this is something that's quite common. Uh, or and inland revenue wants to clamp down on on this cash the cash economy, so that would have my support and it would have the support of most of every tax tax agents around the world uh, around in New Zealand, simply because we are acting for clients who are, who aren't playing that game they're disadvantaged, and so commercially why are they losing out to people who are breaking the law? That's just simply not how we'd want the system to operate. On the other hand, Mr. Hyde also popped up, and in this case, <laughs> typically, not with evil intent, um, but rather um, uh, a rather more typically ham-fisted approach by Inland Revenue, what it did was, um, again, to, actually in reference to superannuitants, some of whom have other sources of income, and quite a few have overseas income, overseas pensions. Now, what has been done, myself and other tax practitioners have done, is said, right, well, in, 
New Zealand Super is subject to PAYE, but instead of having these standards or M code, we'll, we'll go for a special secondary tax code, um, which will then mean that more will be deducted from pay as you earn that way, but it will also smooth the amount of provisional tax and terminal tax payable in respect of the other income. <coughs> Inland Revenues, uh, in its enthusiasm, has issued letters directly to clients, not to the tax agents, telling them that these codes are all wrong and they have to reapply for new codes. <coughs> and that has gone down like a uh, bucket of cold sick, to be quite frank, amongst um, tax agents, because it means that we are having to deal with an issue uh, in the middle of the tax year we didn't plan on, uh, and even if it is technically correct and part of inland revenue, it doesn't actually achieve very much other than causing a massive amount of disruption for little or no gain. The solution is for inland revenue is is saying to use the new tailored tax codes, but we would say in response, well, effectively, these secondary tax codes are the tailored tax codes, and if you want to change everything, why can't it wait until 1st of April next year? It's one of those things, I think, where Inland Revenue uh, is testing what it can do in its new computer system, but as an old saying is that <coughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should, and this is one case where uh, action by Inland Revenue has um, aggravated a community needless help tax agents quite needlessly. We were trying to work together on these matters and arbitrary uh, mail outs like this do not help. That's it for the week in tax. I'm Terry Boucher and you can find this podcast on my website www.boucher.tax or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send me your feedback and tell your friends and clients. Until next time, have a great week. Ka kite anu.